0: This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com slash B-E. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Jethro Jones. Your to do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 220, and I'm chatting with Spike Cook, who's been on the podcast before, but it's been a while. You know, Spike talks about some of the challenges that he has faced as he's become involved in social media and how he kind of needs to take a step back and... I really appreciate his vulnerability on this episode and helping, helping all of us understand that there are limits to what we can do and we need to recognize that and pay attention to it. And you know, what I really appreciated here was, was Spike talking about these challenges that he's, that he's facing. And I just want to let you know, like a lot of the things that he talked about, I know many people are struggling with and people email me or say something on Twitter or whatever. And, and they're struggling with these same things of how do we do this really intense job and not be working 100 hours a week. And so so that's one of the things I've created is a ideal week transformative principle dot org slash ideal week. Please go and check that out. I think that would be very beneficial for you. And then the power of having accountability and I do the mastermind with a bunch of principals, and it is amazing. And it's really been growing uh, in the last few months. I'd love to have you be part of that. So uh, go to org slash mastermind and schedule a call and let's see if it'll work between us to, for me to help you in that way. It is a really powerful thing that is the highlight of my week every single week, because we get to really help people and people can be vulnerable and say what's really going on. And anyway, it's as you listen to this, uh, think about that and give me a call and let's talk about it and see how I can help you. Thank you so much for listening. And here's my interview with Spike Cook. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited today to have my good friend Spike Cook on the show again. It's been quite a few episodes, 172 to be exact. Since last time I had him on, so Spike, welcome back to the Transformative Principle Podcast, and thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, Jethro, and I promise I won't wait 172 more uh, in order to get back in touch with you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all right. We're good. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> um, so you uh,
0: you've had a reason for not being in touch, though. Do you want to talk a little bit about your hiatus from? social media after the, cause the last time we talked, you were blogging every single day for a whole <laughs> entire year. And now you kind of went off the face of the earth for a little bit. Let's, let's talk about what's going on there.
1: Yeah. It's, it's quite a dichotomy, right? So, you know, I got involved in social media, like, you know, pretty, pretty full on and around 2012 and you know, did some blogging and, and, uh, Twitter and, and, you know, really grew my, my PLN. I was fortunate enough to, you know, publish a few books, uh, you know, do some, uh, presentations and, and speeches and, um, you know, really, you know, thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's interesting because when we were doing our research for the book, breaking out of isolation, becoming a connected school leader, we talked a lot about, you know, the, the downsides of social media and how it can be a real time and energy, you know, strain on people, and um, we met the the authors of the Mindful School Leader, uh, Kirsten Olson and Valerie Brown, and they give us a lot of you know techniques and stuff to stay grounded and to you know practice mindfulness as uh, administrators. And I didn't realize at the time how powerful that was going to be because you know as I started going through and I got you know a few years into this and you know just um, trying to balance. Work, life, social media, you know, and all, all those types of things, it really became out of balance. And I sort of wasn't even following my own advice that I was giving to people, you know, in presentations where, you know, 10 minutes a day, a few times a week is all you really need to do to stay connected and the importance of staying connected. And basically, what I came to was that I just needed to take a break myself. Yeah, you know, take a break from Twitter, take a break from Facebook, you know, all the, the various apps, Voxer, you know, et cetera, et cetera, even the podcast that I was doing. And I did that because I really wanted to start working on myself in you know, my personal life, um, you know, going through divorce and trying to figure out, you know, what that part of my life is going to look like. And then also ironically, just to be more engaged at the day-to-day job that I have, that I'm fortunate to have, you know, as being a principal of uh, Lakeside Middle School. So I took a break, and I think it was one of the best things that I was able to do. You know, I, uh, I really disconnected. Um, I spent a lot more time outdoors with people, less screen time. And um, I would say I did that for on and off for about a year. Um, you know, I would blog every once in a while, I'd check Twitter every once in a while. Um, but I really tried to, you know, limit my, my social media use to probably just Facebook. And with Facebook, I mean, I don't really have, I don't have a public Facebook, so it's mostly like just my friends and, and family, but I was still able to see things that were going on throughout, you know, my PLN and see the different things that, that everyone was doing. But for me, I just needed to take a few steps back.
0: Sure. And, you know, as you're listening to this right now, if you're finding yourself being overwhelmed or compelled to engage in social media for some other reason, and you're not getting the enjoyment out of it, then it is definitely okay to take a step back and not be so engaged. And, you know, for for me, who's been on social media and very active in it for a long time, I learned early on, like you did Spike, that it just was not worth it to have that be the center of my universe. And you really do have to define what your engagement level is. And it is so easy to be sucked into that every single day for multiple times throughout the day. You've got to put your your thinking cap on and make sure that you're doing it in a way that is meaningful to you and beneficial to you. And not being so engaged that it's running your life and you're not running it, which is, you know, something that we find in in every facet of, of our lives. And just before we started talking, you recently wrote on your blog about uh, attending Financial Peace University. And that's the exact same thing that Dave says. You manage your money rather than your money managing you. Same thing with social media and anything else in this world that, you need to be in charge. And, you know, I just, that's so important. You can't forget about it. So thanks, thanks for sharing your vulnerability and your lessons learned there, Spike. I
1: appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it's it's ironic that you say that too, because, um, yeah, but over the winter break here, I've been reading Brene Brown's, you know, Braving the Wilderness. And if you're not familiar with Brene Brown, she's done a lot of work on, you know, the power of vulnerability and, you know, putting yourself out there. Not just the great things that are going on, but also the struggles and things like that that you have. And, you know, it does take, and, and I know we were talking a little bit, you know, before the show, you know, it does take a lot of courage too to, to start saying things like, yeah, I mean, social media isn't all about, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, no pun intended. But when you, you know, when you look at it and, and you look at the vast amount of information that you can learn, uh, the amount of people that you can connect with, there is like an endless, Pit of knowledge that's there, and you know, knowing myself, you know, I'm almost uh, 44. I'll be 44 in a couple of weeks. You know, I've always subscribed to that quote from William Blake, you know, that the road of excess leads to the palace of wisdom, and. It never works <laughs> i'll tell you that it never works because you know the more you do things, you know you get more into it and and if you don't have that balance, you become like I said before out of balance so I feel like what i've what I've learned during that time of you know of taking off you know I did a lot of yoga, like I was saying before, I did some hiking, I learned a lot about mindfulness and, and gratitude, and really just how to be you know more present in the things that i'm doing which has actually led me back to blogging and tweeting and and podcasting again because there's certainly nothing wrong with these things at all. I think they're very powerful and I and I learned so much from them as as so many people do and I had a good friend of mine say, "Well, we we need your voice out there again and maybe this time it'll just be different, you know. You'll be able to share some of the things that you've been going through that could help other people." And I feel like if that's what i can do and i can do it in a more mindful way with maintaining a balance then i could actually be you know sort of poised to you know have probably even a better time of doing it as opposed to feeling compelled to you know to to engage with it yeah that feeling compelled
0: whenever something else is driving you to do it that's not coming from within you you know that's a bad sign and so it's wise to to turn away from whatever that is and to focus on the things that you really value and really want to do to, to push you. So I do want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you've learned through this and what you feel is important to pass along to others who may be in the thick of it right now. You know, what is it that, how do you know when you're, when you've gone too far and you're out of balance and it, just as a, before you answer that I really don't believe that balance exists as in everything is equal. There are different times and seasons of your life where you know you need to focus in certain areas more than in others. And if life is in balance, then I don't think anything worthwhile is going to happen in that space where everything is equal. There needs to be times where you are pushing hard in one area and letting some other things languish. Otherwise, like Michael Hyatt says, you can you can do anything you want. You just can't do everything you want and being able to, to recognize that and know that you're not going to be able to get to everything, but know that there are things that you do want to get to. How do you know when your life is so out of balance that you need to take a step back, Spike?
1: Well, you know, when you were just talking there, it just reminded me of what, you know, like when Teresa, uh, Jessica and I were writing, you know, breaking out of isolation, you know, we talked a lot about resident leadership. You know, and if you're not familiar with that book, uh, it's by Boyatz Boyat, and McKee. They they used to work with uh, uh, Goldman and uh, like on the whole emotional intelligence thing. But in resident leadership, they talk about the cycle of sacrifice and the cycle of renewal. And you're exactly right, Jethro. We all go through those times, and and I've gone through those times even over the year of taking a bit of a hiatus from social media. You know, you know the the ebb and flow of work. The ebb and flow of family obligations—you know, whatever it is—you're going to be required to burn a little bit of the midnight oil and to, you know, work extended days or or whatever it is, just because of the nature of uh, the way things go. So you're exactly right. It's really that: what do you do in the cycle of renewal, and also how long do you let your cycle of sacrifice go? Uh, So, cycle of sacrifices—you know, you know—those attributes are you know, working more hours, you know, high levels of stress. Usually it's around time when you have to get things done. Uh, For educators, a lot of times it's the beginning of the school year, it's right before break, it's, you know, before holidays, you know, things like that. And then towards the end of the year, and then with a lot of educators, you know, the time of renewal is, is the summer. So recognizing those signs, I think are paramount. Uh, For me, it was, you know, the, the endless checking of email. You know, and, and we we did a lot of work, uh, you know, on the principal PLN talking about this. I know you you've done a lot of work too. I've learned a lot, you know, from you on on how to balance all this. But like, you know, that whole quest to get to zero inbox and you know checking and grazing your phone at all times. When I, you know, really started to see, you know, how work can be, you know, all, you know, compelling was. Sitting in a room with a bunch of friends or something like that and then looking at my email on my phone. There was just something wrong with that, you know, and I thought I was doing it to be, you know, on top of things to, you know, to be the best principal that I can, you know, et cetera. Et cetera. When in reality, I just wasn't engaged with what I was doing either way. So I took the step of taking email off my phone. I I don't have it on my personal phone, um, my work email. And I do that very specifically because, and I've heard other people talk about this as well, because 99 times out of 100, if you're going to check your phone you know, when you're hanging out with friends or family on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday night or something like that, the chances of you getting an email that is going to also then impact the rest of your time when you can't do anything about it until probably Monday morning or the next day are is pretty high. So the reality is you should just leave that go because you, you're not going to be able to get to it anyway. So what I would do is, you know, and you know, you're a middle school principal, you know the drill, you know, there's a lot of things that there's so many different variables that can happen. So by getting into that, you end up working too many hours, you know, you have to take some sort of breaks. So that's just one area that I would see, you know, um, that I, that I could see, you know, a lot of people, especially, you know, nowadays, you know, you know, falling into.
0: Yeah. Spike, I want to talk briefly about that because people have been listening to me for a long time. know, you know, my thoughts on this. Um, Like I don't, I do have my work email on my phone for convenience for me and sending emails, but not for checking them. I check my email once per day. And that's it. And everybody at work knows that. And nobody at work understands how that's even possible. But that's what I do is I check my email once per day. I have it scheduled in my week to do that every day. And that's when I when I take care of that. So one of the tools that I've created that I've had... About 100 people go through so far as the ideal week and where you set up your ideal week and what that looks like. And if you go to org slash ideal week, you can check that out and and start figuring out how to make those things work. The other thing is, you know, I think that you should go home at a decent hour every single day and you should be home in time for family dinner. And if you're not, then, you know, you're not, you're not doing your family the service of being there. For them. And even if you're single, like taking that time out of your day to reset and recharge and actually eat something is really important. Almost every single day, my assistant principal and I eat lunch together and we, you know, turn off everything and like just focus on eating and rejuvenating and talking about our day and about things outside of work. Those things are really important and you've got to take those steps to do those things. And you know, when you don't, then it really stinks. (laughs) Yeah, it does.
1: does. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of administrators who can say, you know, while you're saying that, like, oh, my goodness, like, I don't even take a break, you know, I don't take a lunch. And there's there are days that I have that. And it's interesting, because you had mentioned like your ideal week. And, you know, one of the other things that I was able to get into, uh, fortunately, through my district was um, this work on the SAMS. Uh, time tracker. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with that?
0: No, not that one.
1: Okay. So it was created by uh, a guy who was a principal and then he spent a year working on like how principals utilize their time. Uh, And he developed this thing called the Sam's time tracker. And um, for me, that's been revolutionary because you have a time, a time collector who comes and will observe you for a week And they don't say anything to anyone else. They just kind of sit in the back and they're not monitoring how you're doing things. They're just monitoring what you're doing. Is it personal? Is it instructional? Is it management? And then there's like within there, there's subsets. They take that information and then you have a follow-up meeting with a time coach and they tell you basically, here's how you spent a week in your building and it's all based on percentages. So for me, when I did it last fall, the fall of uh, 2016, I was about 27% instructional, really, really low, probably below the average, uh, national average of of the programs that they work with. So, you know, here I am, the principal of a 1,100 student uh, school with 120 full time staff during the day, spending most of my time, you know, doing management, uh, which was a complete contrast to the previous five years. Uh, when I spent at the elementary level, where I probably spent seventy five or eighty percent you know instructional and you know things like that, and very little you know on the management. so I had this I had to also sort of figure out how that was how I was going to be able to move those percentages up. and it's like the things that you talk about, you know scheduling your week, scheduling, um I was listening to a podcast that you did where you you talked about like your instructional philosophy of, you know, when you get into classrooms, why you get into classrooms, and you made it very uh, purposeful. And, and the SAMS uh, program does that just, just the same, you know, where you set, you set your intentions every day. And then the flip side of that is that you, you find somebody who becomes like your accountability partner. For me, it's my secretary. Uh, so she went through the training. And so we meet every day for 10 minutes, and we just review, and we reconcile the day we plan the next day and then um, she's trained to ask me very powerful questions about the things that I've been engaged with. So for instance, you know did I do the walkthroughs like I said I was going to do at 10 o'clock? If so, did I need any follow-up on that? Who did I see? Um, is there anything that I, that she can do to help me out? It's very powerful and it also what she does is she moves me forward so, if, you know, at 10 o'clock I say, I'm going out to do walkthroughs and she comes in my office and I'm still there. She says, listen, Spike, you said that you were going to do walkthroughs. You, we scheduled time for you later on in the day to check your email. You got to get moving, you know? And it's funny because a lot of times like secretaries, like, well, I I, would, I could never talk to my principal like that. And in the Sam's program, it's like you, you're really more their accountability partner. So you have that that sort of that relationship, and uh, so that's been that's been extremely powerful. And and I do hope that you know folks are you know out there listening to you know like your ideal week or or looking at different programs because if you're not managing your time, your time will certainly manage you.
0: Yeah, that is so true. And no matter what you do. The feeling is that as Jeff Sandifer mentioned last week in the podcast, the nature is to entropy back to laziness and not doing anything worthwhile. And that's very easy to get to that place uh really quickly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I feel like, you know, and, and it was it was around that time where I started to, you know, kind of look at, you know, how I was spending my day and 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 also how I was viewing my day. We were fortunate in our district to um, hire a consultant who was um, strictly there to help us achieve goals. And uh, this woman, I, I, I blogged about her several times. She was hugely instrumental in helping me to change my perspective on things through a daily practice of gratitude. Uh, her name is Eileen Pogus, And... Um, I'll tell you, man, she, you know, her, her job is basically, you know, to help all the administrators in a, you know, in a very uh, like sort of safe environment where like you can go to her and you can talk with her about, you know, things that are bothering you and things that you want to work on to become better as an instructional leader. And, you know, I just, I just opened up to her and I just, you know, was talking with her about the struggles that I was having and, and, um, she started to, um, you know, kind of hone in on on what what I needed, and recommended that I would implement a daily gratitude practice. And you know, at first she asked me, I'll, I'll never forget this. It was an it was like October fourth of two thousand sixteen, and she said, um, "Why don't you tell me five things that you're grateful for?" And I said, uh, "Well, my son, and my daughter," and that was it. Like at the time, I couldn't muster anything else up, and. Uh, she wow. said, okay, well, I think you're, I think you're, you're thinking uh, too macro right now. How about we think about something small? Like, are you happy when there's a sunshine like there is today? It's a beautiful day out. I said, okay, yeah, yeah, I'd do that. You know, So then she basically was able to help me to be grateful for the small things that are going on in life. She recommended that I, I read this book called The Magic, which is by the same author of The Secret. Uh, I think that's Rhonda Byrne. And um, basically what the magic does is gives you different exercises that you can do throughout throughout a 30-day period to start recognizing and practicing uh, gratitude. So anyway, she, she talked to me about identifying five things that I was grateful for each day. And then she taught me a basic little meditation practice that I could do in conjunction with that. And I'll tell you what, Jethro, I don't know what it is, but because I try a lot of things and I don't keep up with it every day since October 4th, 2016, I've gotten up, I've written down my my gratitude list of five things uh, that I'm most grateful for that previous day. And I've done this same meditation thing. that takes probably between, I don't know, three to five minutes, the entire thing. And it just starts my day off in such a positive way. Yeah,
0: I've seen that in my own life as well. And you are you are so right. And if you're listening to this and thinking, "Man, I need a uh, accountability partner like that. I need a consultant. I need something more," I gotta tell you that the things that Spike is talking about in his with his life, those are the things that I'm seeing with the people that I'm doing uh, the mastermind with. So, if you are looking for that kind of support transformativeprinciple.org slash mastermind is a great place to go to, to get more of that kind of stuff. And, you know, having somebody else tell you these things, you know, you would think that Spike, you're a smart guy. You would think you can just come up with this all on your own, but having somebody else there is really powerful and allows you to see things that you wouldn't have seen yourself. So it's really powerful to have, someone there to help you out. So Spike, I I appreciate your time today. We've talked about a lot of stuff. I put links to all the books that you've shared and there's been a lot (laughs) in the show notes at transformativeprincipal.org. The last question I ask Spike is what is one thing a principal can do this week
1: to be a transformative
0: principal like you?
1: Well, I think my recommendation, uh, because I think a lot of times the principals deal with the most negative things that are going on in the school. You know, there's always the complaints from parents, teachers, students, uh, administration, board of ed. You know, a lot of things. You know, there's there are a lot of pressure and uh, points that are put on us, and there's a lot of things that are you know required of us. And my recommendation would be to start your day off and focus on three things that you're grateful for uh, in regards to your work. Because I've done that in my personal life, and then I had to start doing it in my work because. Ironically, all the things that I was grateful for, I was tracking this, you know, were things that were outside of work. So I had to start honing in on uh, So now I actually do two gratitudes. You know, one is like my personal and one is my work. um, Because if not, then I'm not going to see the positive things that are going on. It could take, once again, three or five minutes at the most. Um, Even if you just kept a, a handwritten journal right at your desk. And every day you you promise yourself, like when you you start the day or when you end the day, that you would take a few minutes and just write down three to five things that you're grateful for um, with your school. I think what it'll do is it will transform the way that you view the school, which will then start to transform the way that the teachers, the parents, the students, and other administrators view your school.
0: Yeah, that that closing piece right there, Spike, I think is really powerful. It transforms the way you view your school when you're grateful for it. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Spike, thank you so much. How can people connect with you and learn more from you?
1: Um, well, you could follow me uh, on Twitter uh, at Dr. Spike Cook. Um, I also am part of the Principal PLN podcast, so you can um, connect with us there. Uh, hashtag PrincipalPLN. Uh, or check out my personal blog at drspikecook.com. Cool. Well, thank you again so
0: much for being on Transformative Principles, Spike.
1: Thank you, Jethro. And, uh, you know, once again, I'm, I'm so happy with all the things that you're doing, uh, the connections that you're making to help people out, you know, with the Ideal Week, the Mastermind uh, group, and how your, your podcast has grown and how much you're helping everybody else out. Uh, it, it's absolutely amazing. So uh, keep up the great work. Thank you. Well,
0: that was a great interview with Spike Cook. I hope you enjoyed it. And again, if you have thought about whether or not the mastermind is right for you, uh, go ahead and give me a call and let's talk about it. eight zero one seven jethro That's my phone number. Just give me a call. It's pretty easy to remember if you remember who I am. eight zero one seven jethro I'd love to talk with you and see how I can help you. If you want to schedule a time, you can go to transformativeprincipalorg slash mastermind and schedule a time and we can talk and make sure that I can help you reach your goals and be the best principal you can. Thanks so much and have a wonderful week. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE.